Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and uh, I know it is unusual. Sometimes I can go a week with, um, between a podcast, and sometimes I can do, you know, sometimes I can do maybe a day or two in between a podcast, and today we're doing we're doing back-to-back podcasts. We did one yesterday, and now we're doing an episode for you again to, for you again today as well. Uh, usually, I start most most of my uh, episodes I, for those who who may be listening to me for the very first time. I want to say thank you, thank you for doing so. And again, I've always said bring your you know your family, your friends, your neighbors, and for those who do it from day one, I want to say thank you for joining me once again and. Um, Again, same thing. Family, your friends, loved one, co-workers, whatever the case might be. As we all know right now, uh, rookies are actually slowly but surely they're getting camp. And like I said, football is uh, is here. Uh, the NFL, the NFL Network, they have put out their um, of what you know of what days they could be doing their. Uh, Camp broadcasting and you know from different camps they've already put that out. Uh, if you need the information, go to NFL.com. They uh, have an article uh, lined up as to what what they're going to do each each and every day up until the regular season. And of course, um, for fantasy football, I think they I think they're going to have a first fantasy football show sometime in August. Again. If you want all that information, go check NFL dot NFL dot com for that because it is um like I said, you know, the ball is uh is here. Uh, you know, it's a great great time of year. It's the smell of like I said in the last episode, the smell of the fresh grass, you can and the guys, you know, throwing passes, making cuts, running, uh, of course no tackling really, but but it'll be very interesting. Camp is here. Football is slowly, surely upon us. But enough of that. Let's let's jump. Let's jump into uh, business. And the first thing we got to talk about is, uh, I guess you've already heard from um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers camp that Leonard Fournette, he finished last season, I believe, weighing at two hundred twenty-eight pounds. I believe that's what it was. And now he's now he comes into camp weighs about two. 60. Now, I know I'm surprised that Leonard Ford hasn't got the James Harding, I guess, comparison. I'm surprised that hasn't been brought up yet. I'm sure somebody will bring that up at some point. But for Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette's going to be asked to do a lot this season. Now, last season, Leonard had had a very good season last year. He proved to be a he proved to be a third down, never down back. Uh, he caught a lot of passes out of the backfield last year, like Tom Brady and um, Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians. They all seemed to have very much a lot of confidence in Leonard Fournette. He pretty much was the main man. Uh, Ronald Jones is no longer around. He's now with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's probably going to back up Clyde Edwards Eclair. But you never know. I mean, uh, they could be a platoon situation. But right now, Leonard Fournette is the main man. Uh, I know Gino has re-signed. Gino Bernard has, re- has re-signed. Um, Vaughn, I believe, is there. They drafted uh, no, they drafted a running back, I believe, as well. But Leonard Fournette is the main is the main man. 
Matt Gino, he could be, Gino is more like a third down back at this stage in his career. Vaughn does have a little bit of upside, but if it was Vaughn to be the guy, I think that would would take some carries away from Fournette if that was going to be the proverbial case. But for Leonard Fournette, it's 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 kind of disappointing. And in the end, you know, in this day and age, you know, athletes, and I hate to say it, athletes have to stay in shape all year round. I know that sounds weird. I know that sounds crazy. You know, for some athletes, I can see after a, yeah, I can see if if you were like um, Matthew Stratford or Cooper Cup coming off and winning the Super Bowl, and you say, you know what, I'm going to take a week off. I'm not going to do absolutely nothing. I'm going to let the body rest. And then after that week I take off, I'm going to get back into training. I'm going to get back into training, get my body ready for the next season. Now, that I can understand. I can understand that. And there's no problem with that whatsoever. But in this day and age, athletes have to keep their bodies in tip-top shape, it seems like, all year round. Like I said, you can take a week. Some may take two weeks off. But after that, you got to get back into shape. I know the body's got to rest from the pounding that you take for 17 solid weeks. And then again, let's say we get to the playoffs and we get to the Super Bowl and win a championship. That's more weeks. Now, I mean, Leonard, Leonard Fournette, Leonard got off to a decent start in his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think injuries came about, then he became disgruntled, disgruntled, and Jacksonville could deal with him more. And they cut him. Tampa Bay was more than happy to pick him up. He, uh, and of course, he had that nice little playoff run for them, and he played very well in the Super Bowl. He earned it, yeah, and then he earned himself a right to come back next season, this past season, when he had a good season. But now it's kind of disappointing. He comes to camp, he's not, and not, he's not weighing, instead of weighing 228, he's weighing 260. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big, pretty big running back. Now, I'm not going to sit back and say I have not seen a 260-pound running back, because, yes, I have. I mean, I've, I, I mean, I've seen running backs who are 275, even 280 as a running back. So it's not like it's out the stretch of possibility. But for Leonard Fournette, it's kind of disappointing because, to me, I think a little bit more is going to be asked of Leonard Fournette. Again, like I said, Ronald Jones is gone. Geno is at best a third down back at this point in his career. Now, Vaughn, Vaughn has a little bit of potential, but I don't know if Tampa has that much confidence in Vaughn. But you have to realize, but you have to realize, Chris Godwin is more than likely not going to be ready by week one. And of course, Rob Gronkowski has retired. So you've lost a couple of solid offensive weapons. And Fournette, to me, is going to be, is going to be, is going to be asked to do more, to take more the pressure off of Tom Brady. Not only run the football, but I'm sure Tom Brady's going to do what he did last year, throw past out of Jacksonville Fournette. He had a great year, and it's kind of disappointing. It's disappointing that after coming off of a fantastic year that Leonard Fournette had, and I'm sure a lot of people, fantasy football people, had Leonard Fournette high up on the board. But now with this news coming out, I'm sure his stock gets among fantasy football, you know, viewers, and uh, and I can see the point. Now, it's not saying the Leonard cannot get into shape. 
which is kind of not saying you can get into some type of shape. I don't know if you'll kill get down to 228 that quick. You might have to drop, what, 20, 25 pounds. You might have to get down to like 235 or something like that. To me, I think if a runner 220, he's about to get down to maybe what, 235 to even be considered someone in, someone in quality shape. But it's a, like it's, it's a disappointment. It's a disappointment. You know, Tom Brady comes back looking for that eighth Super Bowl. And again, there's pressure on Tom. There's pressure on Leonard Fournette because a couple of weapons. You know, like I said, Chris Collins could be eight is out. And then again, Kolkowski's retired. A lot is a lot's gonna put more on Leonard Fournette's shoulders this year, no matter how Leonard Fournette likes it or he doesn't like it. I still think that's the way it's that's the way it's going going to be with them. Now we know Bruce Arians, he's moved up, he's moved upstairs. But Bruce is still going to have his, he's going to somehow still put his two cents in. And I'm sure that Tom Brady, as much as Tom Brady might not want to admit it, yeah, he's, I'm sure he's going to look over his shoulder because even though Bruce is not on the sideline anymore, but he can still have his input in the front office. And you have to wonder how much can, well, Bruce, Bruce Aries will probably have some type of input. And I'm sure Tampa Bay, is probably telling Leonard Fournette right now that, hey, you need to get down to this weight. Now, I'm interested to see if Leonard Fournette takes it seriously and starts dropping this, dropping his weight. And of course, of course, there's been pictures, I believe, on, I believe it was on Twitter, somebody had him, had um, a picture of like a Leonard Fournette or something or another where the guy looked like he weighs about 300 pounds or something, or something like that. But again, it is, it's, it's, again, today's, I mean, today's athletes, I mean, today's athletes, take, I mean, take guys, take, I mean, take like LeBron James. LeBron James, Russell Wilson is an example. I mean, even Tom Brady. These athletes nowadays have personal trainers, nutritionists, all types of all types of different people that come in, come in, come into them and work with them in the off season. You know, nutritionists, ask Tom Brady, ask Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, they have nutritionists to help them eat right. Mac Jones, even in his second year in the NFL, realized that. That he needed to do something different with his body. He came to camp, slimmer, trimmer. You know, like he might have bulked up a little bit. So Mac Jones understood that. Mac Jones understood the point. It would need to be get it would need to be done. And you figure now learn Fournette, who's been in this league for quite some time now. Running backs and running backs take a beating. Running backs have got to do, have got to stay in tip top shape. I mean there's I mean take I mean take a look at Derrick Henry. I mean Derrick Henry Derrick Henry's a big guy, but 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 if, but if you ever looked at Derrick Henry's workout footages, I mean Derrick is a beast when it comes to his workout footages. I mean he takes his stuff seriously. I mean, there's times I've seen Ezekiel Elliott come to Dallas camp 
And I've seen one year where he looked like he was in tip-top shape. Again, you know, again, I know, like I said, again, we're in the day and age where athletes, you know, have, you know, physical, you know, have trainers that they have on their payroll all year round. Again, nutritionists, you're figuring out a little bit of Fournette have had something like that at his disposal. But some people, when it's the off season, it's the off season. I mean, you think about, you go back to the days, way, way, way back in the days, and there was times there were athletes, there were guys like Ted Williams or Stan Usuals or guys like these that had like, you know, jobs in the off season. Or there were baseball players back in the day that had jobs in the off season. Football players had jobs in the off season. I mean, who'd have, who'd have, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? Can, can you see somebody like Sammy? Can you see somebody like maybe like a Sammy Ball having a, uh, a physical trainer or a nutritionist? Yeah, I don't think I don't, don't think I really see. I don't think I really see some something like that. I mean, there were football players that maybe sell insurance in the all season and they go play football, you know, for you know for, for X amount of months. Back then, hard times. Nowadays, nowadays, you know, a, a football player can make like, be like Patrick Mahomes and make fifty million, like fifty million a year, fifty million a year or something like that, and you can sit back and put money aside on a, on a nutritionist, you know, on a trainer, you know, whatever whatever you need to, to keep you in shape. Now, I'm not saying Leonard Fournette makes fifty million a year because you know he doesn't, but I think Leonard Fournette's made enough. In the NFL, in his you know in his in his few years in this league, where he could have done that. But again, athletes, some athletes, you know, some athletes, when it's the off season, they want to kick back and relax. They don't want to do nothing. They want to give their bodies as much rest as possible. Some some you know some don't do nothing all off season. They figure, okay, well, camp, you know, I got to come to camp. Camp is when I get myself in shape. And some players, you know, some players have to have, have that attitude. But nowadays, you can't always have that attitude anymore. Like I said earlier, I can see we took a, a week or two off to get the body to rest up. But then again, you gotta put your body back, you know, back back through. You gotta start working out. You don't wanna get you don't wanna get, you know, you wanna start working out. As early as possible, because if you get to camp, you want to be in good enough shape where you don't, you know, tear an ACL or something like that goes on. Now I get it that there's always that freak accident where something like that can happen. But again, that's something that you don't want to. That's something that you don't want to have. You want to stay in shape. You know, Larry Leonard Fournette says, you know what? Larry Leonard Fournette feels he can come in, he can come to camp and get in shape and establish a finger. And I guess we'll find that out soon. You will find that out here very, very soon. But, you know, but it becomes very interesting. 
in order for him to get, get in the shape he needs to get into, you know, for week one. Now, we're figuring that guys like Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, the Mike Evanses of the world, they probably won't receive any preseason looks, if you will. They probably won't play no preseason games. And for Leonard Fournette, he needs to get in shape. He needs to get back down to the 228 and play it because, again, the Buccaneers are counting on him, simply put, because they need him because they're going to need a little bit more from the running game. Now, I'm not saying that Tom Brady's still not going to throw his share of passes. He probably will. But I think Leonard Ford needs to step up. They need to run the ball a little bit more. Take that pressure off of Tom Brady. Fournette has proven in the past that he can handle that task. He played well last year. But this is, I'm sure, I'm sure this is certainly disappointing to Tampa, Tampa Buccaneers brass. But he weighs 260 pounds. Let's learn. Hopefully he gets in shape. Hopefully he produces like he did last year. Because if he doesn't, then there will be no running game to speak of for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's going to put a lot more pressure, certainly on one Tom Brady. Now we're going to say on running backs. Because now there's a there's a another buzz that J.K. Dobbins, the Baltimore Ravens running back, might not be ready by week one. There's reports out there that are saying so. I think Ian Rappaport from uh, NF, from NFL Network, I believe he has come out and made a statement that, from what he understands, and I'm sure he has to get his information from somewhere. Maybe somebody within the Baltimore Ravens organization or somebody close to that organization that knows knows this that J.K. Dobbins might not be ready by week one. Now, certainly J.K. Dobbins has come out and he has rebuttaled that statement and saying that Ian is all wrong, that he should very well be able to go by week one and he is he's rehabbing. He'll be ready to go by week one. Now, I know Gus Edwards, who is the backup to, let's say the backup to J.K. Dobbins. He got hurt last year, but they're saying he is on course and may very well play in week one. Now, they went out and they got Mike Davis for the offseason. For an occasion like this, if J.K. can't go, or even Gus Edwards can't go, that Mike Davis could very well wind up being the starting running back if either one is if either one cannot cannot go by week one. Now, J, now JK and JK Dobbins is certainly the top running back for Baltimore Ravens. They were expecting they were trying to get him last season to be an every down back. He was catching passes in camp and of course he tore the ACL. Now we all know again, I just talked about in the previous when we talked about Leonard Fournette. It's just nowadays modern medicine. I mean, if you tore an ACL back in the day, your career was probably over with. Now if you tear an ACL, like you could back there next year. There are some athletes like Cam Akers. 
he was back. He was he was back before before the season and finished for the Rams last season. And that's simple. That's an amazing story because the, the body does amazing things. Modern medicine is certainly amazing nowadays. I mean, you think think about it. If you think about think about a picture, the Tommy John surgery. If you had, yeah, I mean, if you had blown out your, you blew out your arm, your career was over with. And then all of a sudden, one guy by the name of Dr. Frank Job, I think it was uh, Frank Job, had come up with the, the, the uh, Tommy John surgery, and it saved Tommy John's career. It would save his career for a lot of pitchers in baseball. Well, modern medicine nowadays, you've got surgery where a torn ACL would end somebody's career. Well, you could be back by next year. Again, what about Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson came back the following season and he looked exceptionally he looked exceptionally well. Now for J.K. Dobbins' sake, I hope that is the case. But you hear conflicting reports. Some say it won't be not be ready by week one. J.K. says I will be ready by week one. And again, that kind of goes back to where the media, a player can say one thing, the media is going to say something else. It's like, who do you believe? Do you believe the media? Do you believe the player? Now, I'm sure Ian got his information somewhere within the organization or somebody close to that organization or for all we know, somebody close to J.K. Dobbins. We do not know. But J.K. Dobbins, again, it's his body. He knows how he feels. Maybe he feels he can be ready by week one. Certainly, I hope so. I certainly hope so. Again, we talked about Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is... um is there as well. Gus, he could be by week one. They say he might be a little bit further along than J.K. Dobbins. But the Ravens certainly need J.K. They certainly need Gus Edwards back. Because a lot more pressure to put on the, on the run game. We talked about this where Lamar Jackson has, because, the, because he's bulked up, because Lamar Jackson knows that the Ravens are going to go back to running the football, which makes him successful. That means J.K. has got to be healthy. That means Gus Edwards has got to come back. And whatever Mike Davis contributes is is grand. This is why Lamar Jackson bulked up, because of this situation. Now, again, that's one of those things with, it's like, again, it goes back to the, do you believe the media or do you believe the player? And that's going to be a situation. That's going to be a situation that one feels they're right, the other one feels they're right. But again, like I said before, JK, JK would know his body and he feels he can be ready by week one. But we'll see. Again, like I said, over J.K., Gus Edwards, these guys are ready by, by week one. And for that, again, we will see. But it's interesting. It's an ongoing battle with the media, 
to the player. Who's right, who's wrong. You know, some people, some players have a good rapport with the media. Some don't. Some can't stand the media. Some wish they didn't have to talk to the media. And I'm sure J.K. Dobbins, with the information that came out, he probably doesn't even talk to nobody in the media because he feels that the media is giving him false information about his injury. Yeah, so. J.K., We'll see. We'll see if he's ready by week by week one. Because I believe that J.K. Dobbins is due to have a pretty good year for the Baltimore, for the Baltimore Ravens if he is completely back and healthy. I think J.K. can be that possible every down back that the Ravens are looking for because that's where he was grooming, grooming to be last all season. But then he got hurt during camp. So we'll see. I think J.K. Has a, has a bright future ahead of him. I think he will be the consensus number one running back for the Ravens this coming season. But we'll see if he's ready by, by opening opening day or she or she week one. And next one, let's next next one thing next thing we'll talk about is we'll chalk this up to the uh, minor transaction. I guess we you've all heard that. Um, Kale Harry has finally got out of um, New England. Now he's a Chicago Bears. He got traded to the Chicago Bears. Now, the one thing we've said about Belichick is that Belichick the last few years has not had such great drafts. It seemed like he he's making a lot more misses than hits. I guess I guess we could say there was a point in time where Bill Belichick could. Yeah, could could he could do a could have a good draft. I mean, pull guys out. He can get guys like Tom Brady. One of the, you know, in the sixth round. He got Rob Gronkowski. But Harry, we always thought Harry was one of the rare finds at receiver that he took in the draft. He thought this guy was going to be. The next big thing for Tom Brady, a big weapon, but he's been disappointed. Injuries cost him last season. Now he gets an opportunity to go to the Chicago Bears and be with a young quarterback in one Justin Fields. Now, granted, I get it, he had a young quarterback in Mac Jones, but Mac, but again, injuries curtail Harry, and now he's in Chicago. And Chicago is trying their very best to build around Justin Fields. And with a young running back like Justin, any any young quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or whoever the case, or Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, whatever the case might be, you're going to add Trey Lance to that list as well. You want to build around your young quarterback. Now, the biggest thing is the Bears doesn't have that good of an offensive line. And that's a big concern for Justin Fields right there, for his continued progress. Now, I like me David Montgomery. I think Montgomery's got to keep both carrying the ball 15 to 20 times a game. 
And I think that's what they're going to do. At least the more report is they're going to run the ball more, which will certainly benefit David Montgomery more. Now they had Herbert, which was the backup of David Montgomery, who came out of Virginia Tech, who played well in his absence. And I think and I think he could wind up getting about maybe five, six, seven carries and take some pressure off of David Montgomery. Now Daryl Mooney had a nice little rookie year last year and he's gonna have to he's gonna build on that. Al Robinson, we know he's going to the Rams. But after that, you got Byron Pringle who came on from Kansas City. But Byron didn't do that much when he was with Kansas City. Now then they draft what was it uh Jones from Tennessee. Granted he's uh twenty I believe he's twenty five years old, a rookie from Tennessee. Lots we expected of the young man. Thus that's why Harry comes in and they're thinking Harry can come in, learn the system, and maybe be maybe down the road, maybe they're thinking he could be a good number two to Daryl Mooney's number one. This is why the trade is made. And again, they're trying their best to build around Justin Fields. But to be honest with you, it's going to take a lot for the Chicago. It's going to take a lot for the Chicago Bears to build around one Justin Fields. Now again, like I said, I like Montgomery, Montgomery, Mooney. That's it. I mean, can Jones, rookie for Tennessee, can Harry find a newfound career with the Chicago Bears? That is a question that I'm not, I don't know. I mean, to my opinion, I don't think he will. I really don't, I really don't believe he will. I think Harry will get there. I think what's going to happen is he's going to find he's going to find out that the Chicago Bears are not the tip-top organization that the New England Patriots are. And Harry and I hate to say it, but Harry may wind up being a a bust. High hopes, high hopes. When he came out, when he came out. But unfortunately, he didn't look for that billing in New England. And I don't know if he'll look for that billing with the Chicago Bears. The Bears are trying their very best, like I said. But to me, I don't know if the Bears are doing Justin Fields any favor. Again, they've got to work on the offensive line. That is, they've got to work on that. Because we know how important offensive lines are to an NFL quarterback. As Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago when... His offensive line got blown up. Ask Joe Burrow if the Bengals had an offensive line, they had a chance probably to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. But for young Justin Fields, they need to build an offensive line around the young man. Now, a, a good running game, a good running game helps a, a young quarterback out. They do have David. I do like David Montgomery. As far as receivers, you got to get him quality receivers. Mooney had a good rookie year, but see, he built on that. But after that, who's going to step up? Who's going to step up that number two spot? And that's an issue. I know Chicago, hopefully Chicago's trying their best to build around their young, their young franchise quarterback. 
Because if you don't go, because if you don't try your best to go to that young man, then that young man's going to wind up being a bust. And then you go on to trade him in a couple of years. You go try to trade him a couple of years later to somebody else. But for Harry, I know it's a small, little small transaction. But the Bears are trying, they're trying something. They're trying to build around their young quarterback. Harry's a big weapon. Certainly, if Harry comes in, gets the playbooks, learns the playbook, hopefully we, we can get there and he, put, and he put up solid numbers for the Chicago Bears. Hopefully, I'm sure that I'm sure that Chicago Bears brass is, and I'm sure that one Justin Fields feels hopefully that his new weapon be, yeah, will be will be a beast, but we'll see. We'll see if that if that, if that, if that, if that comes if that comes to pass or not. But for Harry, I hope he does. I hope he goes to Chicago and I hope he lights it up. But to be honest with you, I don't know. Maybe Harry uh, maybe Harry's gonna wanna be one of those busts. And for him I certainly hope not. But We'll see as time as time goes on, as the season will go on. We'll see if he can win a starting job or be like a number three receiver. Hopefully, as hopefully, hopefully the young man is not a bust. But again, we'll see. Now we talked a lot about um, Jimmy. I guess Jimmy Rocker here of late now. There's a report that Jimmy is uh, that Jimmy is um should be ready to go that he should be ready ready to go at in August and he should be able to um, sling the ball around pretty good or so as the reports have been have come out and suppose there's another rumor going around that he could be traded by the end of maybe by the end of July which if that's the case the end of July is not that far, not that far away. Now, again, everybody goes back and wonders, you know, where Jimmy, where Jimmy's going to go. Now, you certainly eliminate the Carolina Panthers off the list. Now, funny thing about it is, I believe somebody brought up what I had brought up a few episodes ago about a few episodes ago about maybe him going to the to the Giants. Now. Daniel Jones has not proved. Daniel Jones has not proved to be a, a top-notch quarterback. Now I know they got Taylor Taylor there, but the thing about Garoppolo is Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl. He's been to an NFC Championship game. Can Daniel Jones say that? And can Taylor Taylor take this team to a conference championship or a Super Bowl? No, he cannot. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Jimmy. If, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy would probably be an upgrade of Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones is a final year's contract, and I'm sure the Giants fans are certainly looking, are certainly hoping that Daniel Jones can finally pan out. But again, I'm saying Jimmy Garoppolo is sitting there, you never know. You go out and you trade for Garoppolo. For the Giants, is if I had to make an educated guess, I'm, I'm not going to say they probably won't. 
which interested. Now, I've always said the Dallas Cowboys is an interesting destination. Now, I get it that Dak, I get Dak Prescott is, is a starting quarterback. I get that and understand that. But can you see Jimmy, Jimmy G coming in and being a backup to Dak Prescott? Now, I'm sure Jimmy doesn't want to be a backup. But the problem is, I don't see Dallas spending a draft pick at all on Garoppolo. Certainly, Cooper Rush had a good year this past season, but again, that's going to be a thing. Like I said, go around the league. Where you know, where would Jimmy fit in? Of course, you've always heard the Cleveland Browns rumor because you don't know what Sean Watson, how long this suspension business is going to be. I know they got Jacoby Brissett, Brissett's there and Joshua Dobbs. But to be honest with you, I don't see Cleveland really going out and getting him. But like I said, the reports are that Jimmy will be, should be ready to go. He should be ready to go in August. And for Jimmy, I hope he is. I know Jimmy gets bashed, bashed on quite a bit. But for, for Jimmy, for Jimmy, I hope, I hope he does. But he comes back full strength, ready to go, and slings the ball around. Again, somebody's going to pay. Somebody's going to pay. If the somebody wants Jimmy that bad, somebody will pay. Will pay a price. A price for him. I'm not going to say the premium price you pay for him. But here's a guy that's been to the playoffs. Here's a guy that's been to the NFC Championship. Here's a guy that's been at least to has been a Super Bowl winning team. On top of that, even though he's a backup to Tom Brady, but he has been on a Super Bowl championship. And for me, that's got to be, that is like a tell-all tell sign to me right there that you've been to a Super Bowl. So for Jimmy, I'm interested to see where where his destination will take him. Now, I know the Seattle Seahawks, their name has been mentioned once again. But how much, yeah, but to be honest with you, how much confidence do you have in, in uh, Geno Smith and Joe Locke? I don't think Seattle has that much confidence in him. Could Grappo step in? Yeah, Grappo could step in. Now, whether he, yeah, my guess is whether he would start or not. Again, we all figured Geno was going to be the starting quarterback for the team because Seattle, because he knows the system. And do I think Jimmy Grappo could play better than him, than Geno Smith and Drew Locke? Yeah, I believe he could play a little bit better. But again, Seattle is built around the running game. Now, Chris Carlson with his neck with his neck injury, his career, some are saying his career could really be over with. That's, if that's the case, Rashard Penny played well the last five games of the season, played very well last season, and certainly won a lot, a lot of teams that have been fantasy football championships by the way he played. They drafted a young man, Kenny Walker. Uh, Michigan State, which eventually I feel they're going to make him the eventual number one running back because you don't know about Carlson's neck. Sharpay, I believe, is on a one-year on a one-year contract. But can I see Jimmy in Seattle? I'm not saying it's a far, you know, outside the far fetch possibility. 
Uh, he is he is better than Jimin. Yes. Is he better than Jamar? Yes. He is better than both. But will Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll go out there and try to really get another quarterback to put on his roster? I don't know. But like I said, Jimmy should be ready to go out August. And we'll see. We'll see. Jimmy, I'm sure he's auctioning. I'm sure he is um, trying to auction out the highest bidder. He's going to show, show the show the White House. And all the teams say, hey, something on my arm is fine. I'm ready and I'm ready to go. Now, let's talk, let's talk about it. Let's go back and let's talk about another quarterback. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. Now, to my Dallas Cowboy fans out there, the, uh, the buzz is Dak is coming to camp in the best shape, the best shape of his career. Now, Concerning the last two years, he, he suffered a pretty gruesome, uh, gruesome uh, ankle injury a couple of years ago. And of course, last year in camp, he was going through some injuries in last year's camp. And now he comes to camp in the best shape possible. Now for Dak, now for Dak, to be honest with you, it's good to hear that Dak is in, is in tip-top shape. Because believe me, Dak is going to need to be in Really good shape this coming season. I think a lot. Of, I'm not going to say it because let's be honest with you. For Dallas Cowboy fans, the offense is running through Dak Prescott the last few years. There was a point in time when it ran through Zeke. No longer the last few years it runs through Dak Prescott. A lot's been put more on Dak's shoulders this year. There is no Amari Cooper. He's gone off. He's gone off to Cleveland. And Zeke. Well, Zeke's numbers have been dipping. Now, I think Zeke did get over a thousand yards this past season, barely. But if you look at if you look at Zeke, any NFL expert will tell you, or scout, analyst, or whatever the case might be, that Zeke is not the same player that he once was. Now, Tony Pollard has been a a godsend for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Tony, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make things happen. But again, Tony's not built to take 20 or 25, you know, carries per game. He's got to come in. Certainly, yeah, certainly, when you put the ball in his hands, he's certainly a dangerous weapon. And again, C.D. Lamb's going to ask to be the number one receiver. And can he step up and can he, you know, be that guy? I think CD has the capability of being that guy, but I'm sure he's gonna get a lot more coverage. He's gonna be, he's gonna get the top cornerback from that team. Whether it, I'm sure if they play the play the Ravens, Jalen Ramsey is gonna be covering it. But again, the bottom line is CD Lance will get a lot of everybody's number one receivers. Now, another thing would be is this. Again, the number two man. You got. We all know Michael Gallup is going to be out for X amount of weeks because he's got to recover from an ACL injury himself. But you drafted Tolbert. You have gotten James Washington. And again, I've always talked about the Dallas Brass about going out and getting a veteran receiver. They could have had maybe Travis Landry. Didn't do it. Now I know the. Um, 
like I said, Julio Jones, he is out there. Now, Julio's not the same guy he was two, three years ago, but Julio's better than what they would have on the roster right now. I'd give Julio a call. Give his agent a call. See what it would take to get him in there. Now, Dalton Schultz had a, had a great year last year. Again, a lot's going to rely on Dalton Schultz. Because right now, you got C.D. Lamb as number one bucket. Dalton Schultz is probably number two. And right now, Tony Pollard, heck, Tony Pollard might be number three. But for the fact is, Dak's going to need to be in tip-top shape. Because there's rumors going around now that Dak may ask you run the ball more this year. And I don't have a problem with that. I think I've said that in several episodes ago. But I don't have a problem with Dak running the football because he's going to need to. They're going to need to use him more. You know, Dak can run the ball. I've seen, I mean, we've seen Dak run the ball scramble and get some yardage. There's nothing wrong with putting his legs to use. I mean, no, he's not Lamar Jackson. I get that. He might not be Josh Allen, but Dak is effective. Dak, Dak is effective, effective when he can run the ball. Let him do it. Sure, I know you could be you could be worried, oh my gosh, you might do something into the ankle or something else is gonna happen. I get it if the Dallas Cowboys faithful. I get it and understand it. Because if you lose Dak if you lose Dak for a significant amount of time, then Cooper Rush becomes your quarterback. Now granted, Cooper did play did start one game last year and he did win it. I give him that. And he played well at it. But do we think Cooper can do that for, let's say, three or four games if he has to? I'm not sure about that. And again, I know this is where the veteran quarterback comes in. This is where the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world come, comes in, which I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo going to Dallas. But what I'm saying is this is where you need that veteran backup quarterback. That's why they ended up having Andy Dalton a couple years ago. Andy had some moments, but Andy did struggle a lot. He struggled a lot. And to me, back then, Andy didn't have the locker room because the simple fact is, it's Dak's team. And you know it's Dak's team. Andy Dalton wanted to come in and do the best he, best he could because Dak was going to be gone for the rest of that year. But there was nothing, there was nothing Andy could do. It wasn't Andy's fault. Andy did the best he could. Of course, now Andy Wong, Andy Dalton's with the New Orleans Saints now, and the Saints have had good good news that Jameis Winston has is uh, shredded his uh, knee brace, and he's doing he's doing he's looking looking good, on track to possibly be the starter in Week One. But for Dak, Dak's got to be in tip-top shape. He's going to have to really be in the best shape because a lot more, I think, than ever before is going to put on his shoulders. Because, number one, he doesn't have the weapons that he once did. And that's a concern. That should be a concern for Dallas Cowboys fans. That should be a concern for Jared Jones. But we'll see what, we'll see what he can do. And for Dak, I hope he has a career. I hope he has a career year, especially when you pay a guy, let's say, $40 million a year. 
Ibarat kalau cinta itu harus ibnu Jazir yang akan jawabkan lagi dari monster. Kalau ibarat musis lain, itu harus the way the world to be on the shoulders. Yes, right now, I'm sure people have got doubts in probably Philadelphia as the two teams are battling in FC East. Attacking on the football, I don't have a problem with it. Not at all. But I'm glad Jackson's shape, I'm glad he's healthy. Jack's got to realize a lot more is going to be put on his shoulders. And I guess if you make, like I said, if you make 40 plus million a year, you got to have to step up and really put the team on your shoulders. Now let's talk about, it's not the old saying, ours, rumors are what they are. Rumors at times. There is a, have, have, have y'all heard this, have y'all heard this rumor coming, coming out? There's a rumor going around now that the Buffalo Bills may be interested in signing one Odell Beckham. Now, I believe, now, I did make this up. I believe I read this. I want to say I read this off of Twitter. Now, I might be wrong. I think this is some, this is one day last week. This is not something I read yesterday. I believe it was one day last week that the Buffalo Bills might be interested in signing one Odell Beckham. Now, I'll say this much. Now, granted, Odell played last year for the Cleveland Browns. He, he was dinged up a little bit, but the Browns cut him. The Rams picked him up. And he played well for the Rams, so much so that they, they won the Super Bowl. Now, the difference thing is this, right? Odell did suffer an ACL injury in the Super Bowl. Now, there's a possibility that Odell might not even play this season. There's reports that he could be out for up until week well, 12 or 13, 13 this season. Now, I get that the Buffalo Bills, they are one of the, I guess, one of the favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I guess that's a safe, a safe assessment. Some feel they might be able to go to the Super Bowl. Now, what would Odell do? for the Buffalo Bills. Now, if Odell was completely healthy and the Buffalo Bills got him, signed him with a snap of a finger, it would be very interesting to see how Stephon Diggs and Odell Beckham would work together. Because Stephon Diggs is a number one guy. And does it, would that make Odell Beckham the number two guy if he was completely 100% healthy? Now, for the Buffalo Bills, now, we're going to say that Gabriel Davis, as of right now, is probably the number two pick. Now, Gabriel exploded in the playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He looked very well, and I'm sure a lot of fantasy football fans are jumping on the Gabriel Davis bandwagon. But I'd be very interested, very interested to see now, could Odell, could Odell, could he help out the Buffalo Bills? He could, depending on how healthy he is towards the end of the season. Because it, it, it's it's kind of funny, because Odell now seems like he's becoming, he's coming like that, 
that hired gun is what the deal's becoming. Now, it'd be nice if you could get Odell, you can sign Odell late in the season, and sign him, you know, for a league minimum, whatever the case might be. But Odell would be a nice little fit for the Buffalo Bills if they if they could get him for like a league minimum. I don't know. I mean, somebody maybe somebody else feels that Odell could could get back quicker and help him out sooner. Again, we all know ACL injuries are a thing, are a tricky thing, are a very tricky thing. Some some guys, some people can bounce back from it quicker than you actually believe they can. Some can be out longer than you believe they can. With Odell, I don't know. But Odell with the, Buff, with, the, with the Buffalo Bills, there was one report that the Bengals could have been interested in, which I don't see the Bengals really getting. Buffalo becomes a very intriguing, intriguing possibility. They signed Von Miller, the veteran, this all season. They had more pass rush. It's interesting, Odell Buffalo. Now, I don't think yeah, I can see it now. But Odell, Odell would be a if he's healthy, he'd be a nice addition for the Buffalo Bills. It's an interesting thought, but we'll see what happens. For me, for Buffalo to take a chance on, yeah, they're gonna have to. Yeah, he's gonna have to come in. And to me, he's going to have to be 100% healthy. If I'm Buffalo, if I'm sitting there, I'm going to give him at least a big minimum to come in. Now, Gabriel Davis is an unknown commodity. We get that. We don't know if he's going to live up to the billing that he did in the playoffs. They got Isaiah McKenzie. They brought back. Now, I don't know McKenzie is the ideal number two receiver. But if you had a, a healthy Odell Beckham, Yes, he could be a perfect number two receiver. He played the job well for you know for Cooper Cup. He is number two receiver. But again, this situation is different. Odell was healthy when the Rams got him. But if the Bills were interested in getting him, Odell is not healthy. That's a that's a tremendous issue. Now, the thing about it is, if Odell comes in, okay, if Buffalo if Buffalo Let's say Odell can go by week 12, for example. Let's say Buffalo is 10-2 and two or something like that. Odell comes in. He's completely healthy. He's not going to come in and contribute right away because, again, he has to get into that, they say, football shape. And for Odell, get in football shape, that might take another, what, three or four more weeks. By then, it will be 16. And then... Perfect opportunity for Odell to come in, play late in the season for week 16 and 17, get himself ready for the playoffs, and be a contributing factor. So for the Buffalo Bills, I don't see a problem at all signing Odell, but you got to make sure that he is 100% healthy for you to make that sign, for that signing. And if Odell can't show that he's healthy late in the season and get in some type of football shape, Odell could be of use, of use to somebody for a late playoff run. But for Odell to sign, he's definitely going to sign with somebody that's, that's in playoff contention. And there's a lot of teams out there. 
I mean, what was the one weird report I heard that Odell in Green Bay? That would be an interesting fit. I don't know, but you'd have Odell, who has a little bit of an ego. Aaron Rodgers got a huge ego. I don't know how it would work out. What is the weirdest report the Dallas Cowboys? Now, they're an interesting fit. Odell, to me, probably has more talent than Michael Gallup. But did you have two guys that have, have ACL injuries? I don't know how that, how that would exactly work out. He's not going to be in Philadelphia. Washington would be an interesting fit. You got Terry McLean, which you got a lot of consistent number two receiver spot. Again, you can go around the leg. Who could who could use an Odell? Who could use an Odell? But for Buffalo, yeah, I can see it. Again, we'll go back to this. It depends on how healthy he can be. And if you sign him. Leg minimum, and we'll see. We'll see what he can what he can do. And if Odell is healthy, Odell can certainly be a useful weapon for somebody, especially dangerous as the Buffalo Bills are. Before we uh, before I sign off for another another episode, uh, <laughs> there was an article that was brought to my attention, and I didn't read the whole the whole article. To be honest with you, I didn't read much of the article. And somebody said that Cincinnati Bengals, I guess, could be in, tr- in trouble and could be in trouble. Now, I didn't read the whole article, but if I had to read the article and I based it off, I based it off of this. It's pretty simply put. I told him last episode, the Bengals, to me, well, let's put it this way. The fan base, maybe some of the Bengal players, are kind of full of themselves. I get it. You had a great season last year. You won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe you could have won if you had a better offensive line. I don't know. That's speculate. We're speculating. That's a lot of ands, ifs, and buts. But the article said that the team could be, that the Cincinnati Bengals could be in trouble. Well, again, let's go back to what, let's go back to what we said. A lot of people feel that the Bengals were a year too soon. And that could be a fair assessment to make. And now, the bottom line is the Bengals are the Bengals. The Bengals are in trouble for the simple fact is everybody knows who they are now. Nobody's going to take the Bengals lightly. People are going to, yeah, people are going to give the Bengals everything they got. Let's be honest with you. This is not the same old Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals have a a good team. Yeah, I'm a Bengal fan. Yes, I might be a little unbiased on this, but they do have a pretty decent team. A lot of people are not going to take are going to take them a little more seriously because the team does have talent on it, and they're going to take them serious. They're not going to. They're not going to. You know, bottom line is you know nobody's nobody's going to take them lightly anymore. Some people might have took them late last year, and maybe that's why they. Won games they shouldn't have won, but then again, if they were that good, they shouldn't have lost to New York Jets in the third string quarter quarterback either. But for the article, duh, Junior, let's be honest with you, they did over they overachieved last year to some extent. They were ten and seven, but now they got to step it up. Super Bowl or bust.
That's all the time I have for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please take care. See you again soon.